existential crisis caffeine rage (laughs) on today's show we will of course be discussing the games that we have played this week blizzard is booed at blizzcon over its mobile diablo announcement fallout 76 faces technical woes ps4 share will be blocked in the second half of catherine full body story mode We'll have our weekly community corner and a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. Did you do your civic duty today? Uh, yeah, uh, very early in the morning, you know, got up, had my coffee, and then went did my civic duty. Then I went and voted. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's election day in the U.S., so. Uh, one of us uh, voted early, and one of us voted often. Oh, wait. No, yep. that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I voted, what was it, two weeks ago now? I voted on October 20th when early voting opened in my state. Yeah. Well, I couldn't get that's to That's actually a, almost three weeks ago. Well, I couldn't get to an early voting site, and uh, I didn't even, I didn't really bother trying to get the absentee ballot because, you know, uh, here's the thing is that in order to walk to the post office, I would actually be walking past where the voting station is. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose, right? Right. Uh, so I went and voted today and uh, it was rather uh, inclement weather uh, for voting because, you know, it was raining. Yeah, even though, you know, it was very pretty out when it stopped raining. I actually uh, tweeted out a uh, pair of pictures that I think you may enjoy. Uh, I gave you a CR, by the way, on the Twitter thing. Yeah, I uh, I saw those pictures <laughs> earlier. I don't remember if I liked them or not. You didn't. Okay. Uh, well, at least I, 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 I didn't them. see uh, you know, a like on them, but, you know, it, you know, the duality of my town, huh? <laughs> yeah, that really nice picture, and then, like... Uh, an empty shop window yeah empty dirty shop window that's been there for uh, at least a few years now uh with a uh, essentially a going out of business sale sign in it still uh, that's fallen out right yeah <laughs> it was very artistic i think you know yeah i uh, i saw another tweet too that was like does it count if you didn't get a sticker that said you voted yeah. or something like that yeah i uh, did that as well because I, uh, my polling place doesn't give out stickers, so that makes yeah. uh, that makes me question uh, you know, the uh, the legitimacy of uh, my vote. Because you know I can't share it on social media, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I do have a, a voting story on top of all of this. So right, uh, that's kind of why I like yeah. immediately went with the <laughs> civic duty. Because uh, yeah, well. Uh, after it stopped raining here, you know, mid-morning or so, I, I walked down to my polling place and uh, cast my vote. And I thought, you know, it's a fairly nice day. I'll go out for an actually extended hobble because uh, there, there was a few people there, but there was enough, you know, that everybody was, you know, kind of crowded in and just sitting down waiting for their turn. There was only two uh, voting stations and it was mid-morning and I was in the low 30s for my ballot count. 
So that should give you an idea of the voter turnout in my town, right? Right. Well, your town is very small. Yeah, my town is uh, uh, you know, between 700 and 800, I think, uh, on the last census. So, yeah. But still, 30-ish people with a good chunk of the day already gone, even with rain. That, that says something, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, fairly nice day. You know, it, nice autumn day, a little uh, crisp air. And I thought, you know, I'll I'll hobble down to the thrift store and look for neat junk. Because every time I've gone there, it's been closed. They don't have posted hours, and it's opened at, like, somewhat random times. I have no idea how that uh, business stays open. But, hey, it's open. But then again, it is a thrift store, so a lot of donations, right? Low overhead. Yeah. Probably. And it's also on the uh, other end of town. So, you know, it's a bit of a hobble for me. And I was also wanting to kill time to, you know, uh, grab a pizza on the way back. Well, uh, the thrift store was closed. Yeah, as per usual. Uh, I did peek in and it, it looked like it was stocked. So, you know, I assume it's opened at different times. So I'm on my way back. I cross the street, uh, get about a quarter way down the block. And I hear someone yell at me. Or, yeah, it's one of those uh, things, it's a little hard to tell if somebody's yelling at you or yelling in the phone or something, you know? Right. Uh, so I stop, turn around, and uh, see a guy in a car, you know, waving at me. Don't know him. And uh, he's pulling out and asking, uh, do you know where Ruth lives? Who? I don't know a Ruth. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, uh, this guy figures, you know, small town, everybody knows everybody automatically, right? Ne- yeah. Never mind the fact I that, get that. that I don't li- uh, live in that portion of town. But anyway, as he's pulling out, uh, this is a gentleman in about his, uh, I would say, mid to late 60s at minimum. Okay. Uh, he cuts the corner and, well, there's a pole there. And nice. No, no, no. It gets better. He didn't ram the pole. Uh, he sideswiped it, and uh, he has the passenger uh, the passenger side window open to you know, yell at me. And he says, "Do you hear something?" And I said, "You're uh, you're hitting the pole." And he said, "What pole?" And he pulls forward. It continues to <laughs> scrape this pole down the side of his car. It catches on the bumper and starts to rip the bumper off. And I'm yelling at him to stop. And by, <laughs> by the time he stops, the bumper, uh, the side of the, you know, how the bumper wraps around, it is peeled away and peeling back. And the post is actually past the uh, the quarter panel. Is that the car, uh, okay. correct panel? Uh, re- yeah, uh, the, the rear the there. Rear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The uh, rear uh, pasture side quarter panel. And, you know, the bumper's hanging on for dear life. <laughs> Scrapes all down the side of his car. And I, I'm saying, you're caught on uh, on a pole. And he said, what pole again? And it, it looked like he was about to <laughs> pull forward again. And I'm waving at him to stop. Uh, and finally he stops and uh, it, because the car, I guess, you know, just doesn't have to pick up whenever you know, it's hooked on something. He, yeah. he gets out and says, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that poor guy. 
And he's uh, and he blames the pole because it's not tall enough. Never mind the fact that he cut the corner and the this uh, little pole is, I would say, a good foot onto the sidewalk. And it's meant to block for the utility pole that's there. Yeah. And I, I don't say anything. I'm just saying there. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm watching the show at this point. All right. <laughs> Right. Uh, so, uh, he uh, uh, says, well, how the hell did I get off this? And I say, just back up uh, into the street. <laughs> or, yeah, back up uh, where you came and uh, then uh, pull around uh, without cutting the corner. You know, trying not to sound too much like I'm blaming him, but you know, the pole didn't jump out in front of him, right? <laughs> no, dude cut the corner. That's totally on him. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to show you the corner later. <laughs> <laughs> to, because I'm pretty sure that pole is in, uh, or it's a, well, it's not really a pole. It's like a post, you know, like a little I-beam uh, that's painted bright yellow. So, you know, it's very uh, camouflaged. Right, right. They're totally, totally hiding it there. Yeah, practically invisible. But anyway, and and he's going on and on about his cousin, I think it is, that's supposed to live in the area, uh, talking about how she had a stroke and, because she isn't able to move around that much, she's getting fat, you know, and just casual misogyny the entire time. And I'm thinking, wow, it, it's like you belong in a museum or something, <laughs> you know? It belongs in a museum, uh, and definitely not yeah. on the road. <laughs> uh, so he eventually was able to halfway pop his bumper back on because it, uh, his car was. A rusted out mess. The quarter panel had a rust spot on the size of my fist, right? The, uh, I would say at the nine o'clock position on the wheel well, uh, where the bumper actually starts to connect. So part of me thinks that bumper was about to come off anyway, you know, or start to. Yeah. That's funny. And, and I'm not about to touch his car because, you know, uh, he's already, you know, uh, made quite the mark on it. I'm not about to add to it, <laughs> right? Yeah, or get accused of something. Mm-hmm. Well, or you touch my car. Well, I, I, I mean, he had a scrape. Uh, this was a four-door from the passenger door all the way down uh, to uh, <laughs> the bumper. I mean, if it was the Titanic, it would have been on the bottom of the ocean, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and dents all along, and I'm just thinking, wow, that's going to cost a bit to repair, but then I saw the rust bond, oh, that's not getting repaired. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to fix it. And he's talking about, oh, I'll just put some Bondo on it, pop it, uh, those dents will pop right out, they'll fill it in, put a little silver paint on it, it'd be good as new. I'm thinking, that rust bucket hasn't been good as new in at least two decades. Granted, I don't know yeah. cars, so I can't, you know, say the actual model or year on it, but, yeah, uh, you you can tell, you know, older cars, uh, well, that makes me feel old. Older cars, you know, like the 90s models. <laughs> I mean, 90s models cars are between 20 and 30 years old at this point. Fuck, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, oh. you know, it, it looked like it hadn't gotten maintenance on it. As a matter of fact, I thought at first he was running the spare because one of his wheels was uh, black. 
But no, it was just the rim has lost all its paint in all, you know, in all the years, you know? Yeah. Which also doesn't bode well for maintenance on that car, right? <laughs> no, it does not. Oh, but yeah. It seems like whenever I go out, I usually have some sort of interesting story, doesn't it? <laughs> you, yeah, usually. Usually. All right. Well, but that's my that's my voting that story. Outside of that, you know, it, it threatened to rain, so I didn't get the pizza I was planning on. Uh, and, you know, the thrift store was closed, so I didn't get to... Well, I didn't get to look as, as much uh, neat junk as I had hoped. I did hit the uh, Ye old Christian Bookshop, which actually is technically partial uh, thrift store as well. Uh, they they had a bunch of frying pans in there that I'm pretty sure at one point were nonstick, but now they're uh, pressed metal. <laughs> if you yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the um, uh, uh, it was like. Something like five or six pans for seven bucks, but you know all of them had severe wear, uh, as in uh, heavy abuse. It was even worth it to get the griddle. So you know, but you know it's just I, I like looking at neat junk. You know, you never know what you're gonna find, and it's also a little odd to find like a copy of a Who Framed Roger Rabbit in a Christian bookstore, considering that that movie, right, and some of the undertones. Yeah, I did see one other book there that amused me, and probably the wrong darkest way. I was just looking at their new Christian books, and one of them was Aunt Lucy Has Cancer. It was one of those things, okay. I, you know, I was just skimming over the titles and stopped, went back and thought, I misread. No, no, right there it is. Yeah, that bitch Aunt Lucy got cancer. <laughs> because uh, she doesn't love God. That's right. Actually, I didn't uh, thumb through it. <laughs> I, I was pretty much just, uh, I was honestly in there waiting for the rain to, uh, to slack up. Because I didn't grab my poncho on the uh, on the way out the door. Should have. I should have, but I didn't. But yeah, that's my voting misadventure. <laughs> Fancy. Uh, so why don't you tell me about uh, misadventures with games you played this week? Or good good adventures. I would say it's a good adventure. Uh, I ended up uh, resetting my phone over the weekend, so I didn't get a lot of time to play games because, yeah, I had something in the background of my phone that was eating up battery like a fat kid eats Doritos. All right. I mean, I would unplug my phone and, you know, set it down on the desk, uh, hobble away, come back, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, and I was down 10-15% battery. Yeah. Not supposed to do that. Yeah, that's uh, that's no bueno. So, I did a factory reset, and I've been reloading my phone, so that cut into my game time. But thankfully it didn't wipe the uh, mobile game I was playing, or I should say the progress, because, you know, uh, Google Play Cloud, right? Or whatever the yeah. hell they call it. I was playing Monument Valley 2, uh, I do the surveys on Google Play and uh, build up a little bit of credit there. And they had a thing where it was a buck off any app that was over four. And Monument Valley is normally four ninety nine, so it brought it down to three ninety nine. And I thought, yeah, that'll be good for a little misadventure. 
And it's not a bad game. I mean, I, I pretty much do going in. I was going to uh, like it to at least some degree. It's a continuation of the original Monument Valley where the uh, character of Roe is going in and uh, restoring the monuments of the sacred, uh, sacred geometry. Only this time she's bringing her child, her daughter, into uh, the mix and uh, introducing her to uh, the world of Monument Valley. And it has a lot more story than I think I grasped in the first game. Uh, this one is more about a mother learning to let go of her child and let her child grow on her own. And honestly, it, it kind of caught me off guard that had an actual story into in it. I know Monument Valley had a story as well. You know, a, a, a theme of restoration. But this had a more... A uh, concrete story, I guess it would be, uh, because at one point it diverges. Uh, you uh, sent, you literally put your child into a sailboat, and she sails away to go on her own adventure to learn and to be able to manipulate the valley and to restore it on her own. And several levels after that is her dealing with her grief and her loss of, you know, her separation. And it really caught me off guard. It's a... Yeah, like the first game, it is a very beautiful game. It's a, a very compelling game. Uh, I believe I talked about in the first game how it feels like it makes use of touchscreen a lot better than most mobile games I've played because it feels a lot more tactile, where everything is all the you know uh, flick and spin and uh, drag, and it feels a lot better than I think it would have on PC. Which I realize that sounds weird coming from me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, guess it does, but that's okay. Uh, but this game also continues that feel where it has that tactile feel, but it doesn't feel as it feels. I think the best way to uh, the best analogy I could give for this is Portal Two Syndrome, where the original Portal is continu- is considered groundbreaking. And yes, Portal 2 surpasses it in pretty much every way conceivable, but it also is something we've seen before, so it's not as awe-inspiring, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's the same problem here where Monument Valley 2, it introduces a lot more puzzle mechanics, but because I've played the original Monument Valley, granted it's been a while, it feels a lot more familiar, and because of that, it's not as eye-catching to me as uh, the original was and it's actually a lot easier than the original was because I already have my mind to be able to uh, work these geometry and for those who haven't played it uh, Monument Valley is essentially uh, uh, Escher gone mad (laughs) where it's all about your perspective it's not about the actual world geometry so uh, the uh, game usually has uh, between two and four positions of, of, of uh, de- well, it also depends on the level because uh, the different levels have essentially different, many sets of rules. Uh, there's always the overarching set of rules where if it looks like uh, two platforms match up where uh, the character can walk across them, she can. Even if logically, if you're looking at that in a three-dimensional space instead of the two-dimensional point of view that the character is looking at it from, they would be far apart. You know, that's the, always the uh, basic ground rule. And the character is also able to 
walk along the same plane or climb ladders along the same plane, even if the plane curves. So if you know, you're like standing on the side of an arch, you could walk up along the top of the arch and down the other side. And also if the, the plane twists, like if there's a twist in that support beam, the character will follow that one plane that she's on. Those are the basic ground rules, but then they change a little bit from uh, level to level. Sometimes you're allowed to uh, manipulate the level parts while the character is standing on them. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes uh, the level twists. Sometimes uh, it's uh, pieces of the level that twist. But they also add in a few more elements. There's a portal-like mechanic where different doors allow you to teleport between different uh, portions of the level uh, pretty much at will. And uh, sometimes one of the doors is mobile uh, on a, a movable piece that you can uh, manipulate. Uh, there's a growing mechanic where uh, at one point uh, you're able to grow and ungrow trees. And if you're standing on the tree, uh, you know, it, as the tree germinates and uh, twists around, uh, that could also change uh, how things work. But it's the same basic mechanics overall. And that's why it has that kind of familiar feel to it in both the positive and negative light. And I don't want to get too much in the story. I mean, I pretty much uh, gave a fair chunk of it away, but I haven't given the ending away. It is a fairly short game, but it's also a mobile title. And, you know, it's, you know, four, five, or five, uh, four bucks, so it's not that expensive. And I think it's all about the, uh, journey in this. You know, it's not a very difficult game. I only really struggled once, and that was just because I didn't get the level quirk. There, there were times that I struggled because the controls, yeah, the, it's a very, small uh, uh, set of uh, areas that you could uh, tap on to, uh, and the character would move to. And sometimes the game would get a little confused on those, and sometimes uh, manipulating the things that if you move too fast. There's no timed puzzles in this game, at least as far as I was able to tell. But if you move too fast, sometimes the game got a little confused, so you know, just slow down, veg out. It's just wearing headphones, and I strongly recommend that because the soundtrack is fucking amazing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think this would be a game you would, uh, appreciate a lot more just, uh, because of the parental, uh, journey, you know, or the parental, uh, uh subplot, uh, than I would, uh, particularly Katie. I think, uh, I think this would have Katie in tears. It would probably have me in tears too, if that's the case then. Um, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a particular, uh, section that, uh, uh, focuses on uh, postpartum depression, as far as I can tell. Uh, or a form of it, you know? Yeah. Maybe I should play this. I, I played some of the original Monument Valley, and I was like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah, um, this, number two ha- really play has it. a lot stronger emphasis on story. As a matter of fact, every level, it gives a bit of uh, lore to the story as well. And it also gives a lot more backstory to what the Monument Valley actually is. So, yeah, it's, I would say it's, you know, it's very Portal, Portal 2-esque. It's a good analogy there where, you know, it's superior, but because it's familiar, it doesn't feel as special. Uh, Any questions? I don't think so. I mean, it's 
roughly the same as the original Monument Valley in terms of gameplay with an additional focus on story. Uh, well, not quite. There, there, there's, there's, there's additional uh, story or uh, there's a s- additional puzzle elements in some levels, but it's yeah. You know, uh, the main thing is still you know manipulating the geometry of the uh, game environment. And for those who haven't played Monument Valley, it's uh, you know, it's a mind trip uh, first time you uh, mess with it. <laughs> In a good way, I should say. Yeah. Okie dokie. Um, do you want to do Dreadnought, or do you want me to do one first to give you a little break, and then we'll swing back around? Uh, you can do another together. one. Uh, uh, you can do uh, a different one and uh, give me a little bit of a break, since you know, voice is feeling a little rough, so I'm going to have a cough drop while you chatter away about things. Gotcha. So, um recently as i mentioned i believe it was last week maybe it was two weeks ago have been playing some of the original dark souls going through with kyle um playing that uh and i own both dark souls 2 and 3 i've heard from everyone basically just avoid dark souls 2 it's garbage and in many ways worse than the original so instead of uh, just that's... instead of playing dark souls uh, avoid darker souls and play darkest yeah so uh uh Anyways, yeah, so that's what I heard about Dark Souls 2, uh, so I just avoided it, and skipped straight over to Dark Souls 3. Um, I've just been looking for new games to try. Like, I've got, you know, this massive library of games. I'm looking for some different... Just just going back and either playing some things I haven't played in a long time, and seeing if my sort of change in style of gamer and things makes me more interested in these older games, or games that I've never actually played but that I own. And I figured with playing the uh, original Dark Souls, or I guess Dark Souls Remastered, uh, along with The Surge before, um, you know, maybe now was the a, a good time for me to try one of the other Dark Souls games. And boy, is Dark Souls 3 a better game than Dark Souls 1. I mean, I know, shocker, right? If you a, listen a closely, you can hear Kyle. I mean, they're basic. it's basically the same game. I'm sure that there are new many nuanced differences between the two of them but to me as someone who's relatively uninitiated in the genre it's basically a less clunky better running less complicated version of dark souls um the in instead of like feeling like you're you know like a really fat clumsy awkward person like wobbling around also role playing uh, yeah yeah, instead of feeling like you're actually me uh, playing, you know, trying to fight somebody, uh, it feels actually like a game with responsive controls. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it keeps the, you know, the general Dark Souls aesthetic, the general Dark Souls combat style. Um, you know, do you emphasize on blocking and parrying and that sort of thing or dodging? Uh, it's It's got sort of its, you set your own difficulty based on the type of, character class that you play i went pyromancer again just because that's the only one i'm really familiar with from the first one and it's basically the same thing um instead of having a limited number of uses to your spells now you have like a magic or a mana bar um that allows you to cast spells from and you can refill it without having to go back to a bonfire so that's that's nice i don't know if there's other ways to refill it but you have now like a magic estus flask it refills your mana bar instead of your health. Uh, so I chuck fireballs at things and roll out of the way a lot. Um, the the I really wish Dark Souls had like 
an easy mode or a story mode or something because playing Dark Souls Remastered and now also playing Dark Souls 3, like that game is gorgeous in this very interesting sort of gothic dark style and there's some really fancy you know interesting fantasy dark dark fantasy lore in there that I probably will never see um, because I'm not great at this game Um, it took me like two hours to get past the first area with the first boss Um, there's like an optional boss you can fight for like a bonus item and there's, but there's no way to level up until after you beat the first boss and unlock sort of the main hub area. Um, so I just like spent two hours is maybe a little too much, but more like an hour or so, like banging my head against the, the metaphorical wall as it were before I looked up, like, how do you beat the first boss? Cause I had learned his pattern. Um, but I kept getting killed uh he's got like two phases you fight this boss for a little bit and then he transforms into a giant monster with like goo arms that just like flattens you in one or two hits and so everyone like online is like just stay to his right and then when he transforms stay to his left and that's that's how i did it just keep dodging to the right until i got past phase one and then keep dodging to the left until i got past phase two and then I moved on. And I've played it a little bit farther since then. I recognize some of the characters from the from Dark Souls 1. So I guess they, they make it. So, uh, spoilers, I guess. And then I've played a little bit past that. Uh, got to like the second area, which I don't know what it's called. And it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. Just taking it slow. No more boss guys. And then it's like this giant dragon comes down and like barbecues everyone. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Just run away. And then I was like, okay. That's enough for for one day. I'm just gonna put this down now. After uh, after the dragon barbecued me, because I'm like, okay, I have to go out there. The dragon's not going away. Obviously, this is like me going out here triggered this. I'm gonna have to get past it. So I tried to just run past it, and there was another guy there who I didn't see as I was sprinting away from the dragon fire, and uh, he he murderized me quite hardcore it sounds like uh me after being at boston cuphead which i did play a little bit but you know not enough to talk about right so yeah i mean dark souls 3 it's, it's basically dark souls 1 except better because it controls better and it looks better and uh it runs better now the question has is, better frame rate does the clunkiness of dark souls 1 make the game for kyle is that you know at the clunkiness make Dark Souls Dark Souls, or did they streamline it to the point where it's no longer Dark Souls and it's the Surge? I don't know. I no, 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 I no that's a legitimate question. You know? Yeah, no, no, I totally get it. Like, I'm sure that they've. I, I wouldn't even have to scour. I'm sure I could go find a ton of of like top level discussions, like. Which one's better, Dark Souls 1 or 3? Because Dark Souls 1 is, like, slower and more clunky and, like, that makes it more difficult. Or Dark Souls 3 because it's more streamlined. I don't personally feel like Dark Souls 3 is, like, easy and simplified. But um, who knows? Like, maybe hardcore fans of the series can tell. I I still, I mean, I wish I had an easy mode where that everything was basically a one-hit kill. Um, and you could just wander around and explore things and get the story given to you. 
Maybe there's a mod that does that. I should look into that. That would make me want to play Dark Souls even more. If I could just wander around, marvel at the gorgeous, deep world they've put together, and look really cool. Like, that's all I want. I'm down for that. So yeah, Dark Souls 3. It's Dark Souls, but better. It, but darker. And soulsier. Not really. It also recognized my controller, and I didn't have to spend 16 days of my life trying to get it to recognize my controller and, and use it properly. So recognize? It, it, it recognize. It respect. Taking a quick sip. Some Diet Coke there. Um, but I guess if you want, we can we can do Dreadnought now. All right, we can do Dreadnought. So I drug yeah. you into space, mostly because I mentioned uh, World of Warships uh, spaceships, right? Yeah, I mean, I had sort of like had my eye on Dreadnought for a while, and then I forgot about it, and then you brought it up and mentioned. I'm like, oh yeah, Dreadnought. I should. Play oh yeah, that. that was a thing. Um. So yeah, we. I mean, we played it. I played it for the first time, and then you continued to play it. We played it together. Uh, I like Dreadnought a decent amount. It's like, if I was going to give it like a letter grade, it would be like a solid B. Like, pretty decent. Um, so you're saying... Plenty uh, of room so, for improvement. So you're saying it's clumsy and awkward like Dark Souls. <laughs> I don't think so. The worst, the, the biggest, like, most awkward part of it is that um, they copied lots of things in the way it handles from World of Warships, but they didn't copy the superior control method of World of Warships. Because, I mean, these are all capital ships. Um, the Corvette is the smallest, and it handles, like, a really large fighter or maybe, like, a gunship. <laughs> but all of the other ships are destroyer and cruiser and, and dreadnought. I mean, some of the destroyers look like they're kind of out in Star Wars with extra bits glued on, don't they? Yeah. But, I mean, World of Warships has this thing where you just, like, set your speed, and then you can turn manually, or you can set a rudder so that you can turn at different... You know, and like you just don't have to worry about that. Like it's it's doing its thing. You're handling the guns and and whatnot. But this uses uh, W A S and D like a third person shooter. I don't know, a third person, yeah. But the game is too slow and clunky for that. And I, like I, when I say slow and clunky, I mean it in actually in a positive way from the, the sense of like these are really big ships, so they are going to have big turning radiuses and they are going to be a little slow and things like that. Like that makes sense. That weightedness makes sense. But don't. But then they make it control like it is a third-person action game, which makes it feel like all the ships are shopping carts with a wheel broken. Yeah, they do not handle well. So even the Corvette, that was, uh, which you actually liked, I liked the Corvette. But there's really only one mode that it works well in. It's like a MOBA-esque mode where that you've got like uh, uh, a capital ship. Or a command ship that you have to defend, and there's lots of little uh, AI vessels on the map you can destroy to score points and things like that. And the Corvette is great for zipping around and taking out those ships and scoring points for your team. Um, you know, just just locking that down. Mm -hmm. So I, I liked it for that. But in a straight up fight, it gets killed by anything almost immediately, except another Corvette or maybe the um, uh, what even they call if the you uh, cruiser or whatever. Uh, even if you're going. Uh, using the energy to drop all, you know, go full offense. Because Corvettes can hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you get in there and basically kamikaze yourself into someone, you can take out 
or at least do massive damage to like even the dreadnoughts. But they are glass cannons. Very, very squishy. Yeah, and, if the, and get blown up very quickly and easily. Yeah, if the dreadnought has the auto guns uh, fired up. Oh boy, that's going to be fun for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the ships have. Or a destroyer with auto guns. Yeah, all the ships have uh, four abilities uh, on top of the energy uh, component. And the dreadnought and destroyers uh, have the ability to have auto guns. So uh, essentially the secondaries from World of Warships for a short time. And they hurt. <laughs> yeah, and then the um, the support cruiser, which is basically the healer. They give it as medic like from uh, TF2. Yeah, and it has an auto guns except for its healing repair beams. Well, it does have a Tesla um, cannon as well. It does. You can swap to the Tesla cannon, but they, those don't auto fire. You have to manually control that. Well, it, it uh, once you lock on, it pretty much just uh, lassos uh, the enemy as long as it's in range but it has a shorter range it's got a very short range but the idea is if a corvette's buzzing you and uh, the thing is that the camera sucks in this game if you fly too close to the uh, level geometry the camera bugs out if someone flies too close over you the camera bugs out because it uh, will uh, it follows you at uh you know a slightly elevated uh, position uh but dead uh, center so not you know uh, like over the shoulder third person I, I found out if you're using the sniper ship and uh you're uh, ascending on the level because it's not qu- it's not quite 3d space think of it as sort of like two and a half d where you have the uh, choice of going between uh layers essentially for lack of a better term but it's not a full 3d uh, area you know uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. a lot of the uh, maps are planetary uh, uh, surfaces, which is just weird uh, for spaceships, you know? Uh, but yeah. I found if you're ascending while zoomed in on the sniper ship, you block your own field of view. <laughs> well, there's different sniper ships. Like, I didn't have that problem with the sniper ship that I was using. Were you using the one that had, like, the single uh, like, I was using. Cannon? I was using the tier two. Okay. Maybe I was just like ascending slower or something, or my target was in just the right position that that didn't happen. I didn't use the sniper ship very much though. Like the two ships that I favored were the dreadnought and the uh, support cruiser, because I mean I just I like to you know be a support, play a support role. So I like healing and buffing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and the dreadnought is just a tank. Yeah, so I would I would team up with uh, either a dreadnought on the team, or I would just follow you around there by the end, and I'm like, hey, have some heals. Get behind me, doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to admit, I, I think... uh, with you following me around, it did feel like my old TF2 days because I tended to play heavy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm going to go back and play it. Like, I, I liked it enough to keep playing it, but it does have a lot of issues, and I don't know if it'll get a chance to really work them out with its low player numbers and, you know, the layoffs and everything. The, the one, like, major, like problem that we kind of figured out that you know we could add to when you talked about it for a couple of weeks in a row was um the mini map yeah i, I didn't catch only that first see, you can only see your allies on the map when you have line of sight to them or uh or another ally has line of sight to them so it, yeah uh, we figured this out when you were following me and i couldn't see you on my mini map and i spun the camera around and then saw you yeah 
typically in these games, like you can see your allies on the map, no matter what. Like, yeah, no matter what, and they always say like, "Oh, you're in radio communication with them" or something like that. And then it's the enemies that somebody has to have line of sight to, which makes sense. But having to have line of sight to your allies is stupid. And it would be a little more forgivable if this was on a two D plane, but it's not. You you know you have verticality to your yeah movements, some ver- so. verticality. I mean, it's not a lot. It's it's not a full three D uh, space. You know, like something like Elite Dangerous would be. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm kind of calling it two and a half, even though that's not proper either. Uh, it's almost like a flight sim in, in a way, you know. It's it, and I would say more of a, like an arcadey flight game. Yeah. But I mean, there's enough verticality to it on some of the levels that you can, you know, bot, you know, duck and or go over something to. Yeah, there's some really some deep levels. Or uh, there was one that I hadn't encountered that was a ring. Uh, Station on top of a space elevator. Yeah, that was that's a cool level. Yeah, and it, the, the space elevator drops way down out of sight. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it, like you made this point too, but I don't understand why there are so many levels that are on planets or moons or, you know, terrestrial bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, if there were maybe one or two... You know, that's cool, but it seems like half or more of the levels involved. And plus, a lot of the maps are also the day and night, you know? Yeah. So, that more more space. More space. Granted, I kind of understand why they would do the terrestrial levels, because in space, there's not a day and a night. Well, there's not a, you know, it's a distinct day and night. You have to do a lot more t- uh, tinkering with things. So maybe it's just an easier way to double the map pool. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's not so big of a deal that that would be the thing that would keep me from playing, but it's like, eh. It's just a weird thing, especially since these are spaceships. And because of that, uh, because they feel like they focus more on a terrestrial, it, you know, they don't behave like spaceships should. You know, Like you brought up, uh, there's no strafing. Yeah. A matter of fact, yeah, you can't you can't strafe. You can only forward, backward, and turn left and right. Uh, and there uh, should and be lateral descent. movement. Yeah. Uh, uh, there is a well, the, the I guess ultimate, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, for one of the sniper ships, uh, like going on tier three, is a dive uh, maneuver, but that is like sixteen thousand experience to get. <laughs> To learn how to dive. Yeah. And once you get tier three, the experience uh, cost jumps big time. It way slows down. They really front-ended the progression curve. Uh, to, to an understandable degree, because, you know, it does give you access to all the ships pretty quickly. Uh, I was wrong in saying that it uh, was immediate, but pretty much, right? Yeah, it was real fast. But getting getting past or getting into and past tier two like it builds up real fast like mm-hmm. it slows down really quickly is the better way to say it like you get those initial tier two ships and then access to the corvette really fast and then it it seems to slow down quite a bit maybe it would be faster if we won more games <laughs> but i mean it's really hard to to most games like this you need to have some sort of team cohesion to perform well most of the time like it's really hard if not impossible for one person 
or two people to carry a team. And you but and we I tried. worked pretty well together. And we had lots of instances where we were, you know, pretty decent scorers on our team. But without coordination from other members of the team or, you know, without people more, I would say, intelligently picking the different ship classes. Because most of the time you would wind up with one or two ship classes having the majority of the players. And it's like, well, fuck, we don't, we don't have any healers. Or, well, fuck, we have four healers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, that is half the team. So a little more coordination would... Would be but it's hard to do helpful. that when there's no tactical map. The only thing you have is that shitty mini map, and on yep. some of the boats it does show the entire, uh, yeah, the entire level, particularly the area capture one, which uh, you really liked as well, didn't you? How they did it? Yeah, that was a that was fun. I liked the way they did it. Being needing to hold more territory than just the capture yeah, hold points more in order area to score points map. and win. Because we yeah. we actually lost that map, uh, even though we held the control points for a, a lot longer. Because the enemy spread out a lot more and carried uh, a lot more of the area. Yeah. But I, I I think my favorite mode was the MOBA mode. What is it? Conquest? Is that what it's called? Uh, I think so. That one's my favorite mode. And I think that was your least favorite. Uh, just because it's hard to really get a grip on, you know? I, I only played it a couple times before uh, we played together. And because yeah. there's no overarching map and the mini-map is shit... It's hard to get a feel of what's going on in the level at that moment. Where are my allies? Where, where's my uh, uh, yeah? Where's the capital ship that I have to defend? It's a it's a MOBA mode without a MOBA map, which is weird. It feels like Dreadnought has a lot of good ideas that are kind of half assed and half baked because they understood what they wanted to do but not the underpinning systems that they need to have in place for them. Like, if you have a MOBA mode, uh, not having a way to be able to coordinate as a team, not having an overarching map to see, okay, my team is all going in this direction, maybe I should ping the map to try to get their attention on the fleet of enemies that's swinging around to get the capital ship. There is pinging in the uh, game, but the thing is that it's, only in the yeah the third person view, and if you don't have line of sight, well, right? Yeah, it's just a lot of half yeah. big systems. I, yeah, on top of and some, the navigation yeah. menus suck ass. Yeah, yeah, and you see what I meant by the uh, radio <coughs> menu for the energy, right? Yeah, the radio menu doesn't bother me too much. Um, there, you can. There are hotkeys to use those. Yeah, but they don't that. highlight those. No, uh, it, it's uh, it's a UI, like I said before, that shows a lot of area, but not a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, everything everything is huge and takes up massive screen real estate. Oh, there's you guy. Oh. Takes up massive screen real estate, but uh, doesn't really give you much information overall. I mean, there's... you don't have good information. Like, there's no way to tell in the match what the range of all of your weapons and abilities mm-hmm. are, and there's not a good way to tell the, it. The... Even if you go look at your ships, you have to actually go to the upgrade screen, yeah, and see what they are there. Yeah, the... There's no other way to see yeah, it the, that I could the... find. In match, they will highlight a button if uh, it's available like if you have a weapons lock on your missiles or torpedoes it'll uh, highlight them yeah uh but because the buttons are at the very top of the screen you know they're way out of the way 
So unless you catch the voice cue, you know, you're not going to notice that. Yeah. Because uh, the I mean, way it, the uh, the camera looks, it's kind of weird. They put the information up above, but the way the camera looks is that you're typically looking at the lower two-thirds of the screen. Uh, even whenever you're, uh, only time you're, well, only time you're looking at the upper third of the screen actively it was whenever you're way below someone shooting at them. Yeah. It's yeah, just some trying to think of very weird uh, design philosophy. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of anything else to really add. I'm trying to think about things that you said in the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, what do you think of how they uh, monetize it? Because I remember you being kind of bitter, uh, saying, oh, of course that costs money. <laughs> Oh yeah, just like the okay. So there's no, not that I can tell, a way to separate out the things that cost money, real money, or their premium currency, and the things that don't. And yeah. oh, it was hair. There's no fucking hairstyles. <laughs> Everybody, no, no, no. Oh, I just figured it out. I figured it out. All right. I figured out the okay. lore of this game. Why nobody has hair? All right. Okay. They're all in spaceships. Okay. Now, what is a problem for? people that are in space in long time uh, for a long term uh I, muscle degeneration no 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 i, I figure radiation uh, radiation yes they've all have cancer and they're all constantly on chemotherapy oh god <laughs> that's dark <laughs> even for me although to be fair to be fair it is a pretty dark universe like the little bit of lore that they present to you about it is like everything sucks we were cut off from our colonies we all yeah, hate each other we yeah, fight I'm a basically lot. uh the further out the uh the earth coalition fought the more bloodthirsty they got so yeah. so you know everybody having cancer that, that's actually kind of life for this game <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh uh but um, it also explains why the controls are cancer <laughs> oh, hi oh. <laughs> uh sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. It's fine. I got a little dark um, there. What can I say? Uh it, it's it's American politics having to deal with American politics. It, it makes me dark. Okay, darker. Yeah, I was going to say darker. Um uh, dark and bl- uh, bitter, like, like coffee. Might might need some more of that before we're done. We'll see. Well, I have a, um, yeah. I have an entire pitcher of uh, cold brew. Just you know, come on over. I I drank all of my cold brew to the, earlier today. I see. As soon as I get like the last uh, quarter of the pitcher, I have a uh, a thermos that I put it in. Uh, yeah, my cold brew storage, my cold cold brew storage, <laughs> and I uh, start making another batch immediately. Nice. So yeah, uh, moving on to the last game that I played this week, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Back to what I was saying before about playing older games and things like that. Um, I picked this up and played it for about two and a half or three hours. I've played it before, didn't beat it, but I've probably put in previously, I don't know, eight to ten hours on the game. I'm not 100% sure. But I mean, I've, I've owned this game since 2014, so I've had it for about four years. Um, and I just, you know, thought it might be a good game to go back and, and try out. Uh, 
the only time I played it before, I played it on my laptop, and it would run at 60 most of the time. Ish. So, uh, like, putting it on my desktop, and it, like, immediately is, like, at 120, and never never dips, and looks pretty decent, actually. It's It looks pretty good. The faces, you know, it's... The faces are a little eh, but for the most part, the game looks really good uh, for it to be, I think, six or seven years old at this point. So that's good. Um, I enjoy it. It's basically an offline MMO. Um, I think the story goes it was originally intended to be an MMORPG and then funding issues and stuff. So they basically changed it to single player only, redid some of the storytelling so that it could flow a little bit better but most of the quests uh reflect the original mmo nature a lot of like fetch quests and and uh you know go 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 pick up 10 bear asses go kill 20 giant bumblebees or whatever and then come back so that's a lot of what you get um but i'm okay with that that's the sort of thing that i do and enjoy a lot of now is like this zen sort of okay even though this is like a repetitive task i'm tired i don't have to apply too much brain power to it and this is different than you know whatever other game i'm playing right now to listen to podcasts to or whatever um otherwise i mean it's it's a hack and slash rpg um that's got a pretty robust system of magic and um level ups and weapons and some pretty deep like crafting and things like that particularly for the time when this game was created it's got a fairly basic hack and slash combat system where the combos sort of come in as pairing a primary and a secondary weapon that combo well off of each other basically you've got quick tap of a button to do one certain type of combo slow tap of a button to do another type of combo and then holding it for some kind of power or special ability oh yeah tap it but you can <laughs> But you can combo back and forth between your primary and secondary weapon to get some interesting uh, and unique weapon effects. And the more you um, put skill points into uh, certain sort of classes, you've got sort of your big tanky warrior fighty stuff, which affects several weapons. And you've got like your sneaky rogue stuff that affects certain type of weapons. And then you've got your mage stuff that affects uh, certain types of weapons. And, you know, the more points you get into those, the more complex the comboing can get between the primary and the secondary weapon and just generally with the primary weapon as well you get extended combos and more special moves and things like that that open up to you which you know pretty standard rpg stuff but it's pretty cool to go back and forth between like uh twin daggers like really fast stabby attacks to knock somebody off guard and then swapping to a like a giant war hammer for like a finishing blow while they're staggered from being um hit a a whole bunch of times with your knives or um, going after somebody with like a long sword, um, knocking them down, and then pulling out your bow and shooting them in the face with like a power attack. It it it's pretty satisfying combat, and I, I quite enjoy it. Um, it doesn't have a morality system, but there is a sort of subtle nuance to your moral choices. Like there are some things you can see that are you know more good, some things that are more bad, and the consequences are reflected within the game as opposed to well you got plus 10 light side points so now you get a teeny tiny one percent bonus to whatever or uh, instead or you like, got a few dark side points so now your eyes are glowing red yeah in the first town there's like this um cult and everybody in the town 
like is like the oh, the cult's bad they're brainwashing people yada yada and you can go and you can uh there's different things you can do with the cult but say you go in and you steal all their stuff and murder a whole bunch of them um everyone in the town is like yay you killed the cult people except for like a few people and they're like oh my god like you killed them they were on a cult you monster you should have explored further and you know vice versa like if you now what's happened if you drink the kool-aid over there game over uh you get you get special powers but you know there's more subtle things too like you find someone out in the woods uh and they're asking you to help them but instead of helping them like you uh kill them and take their stuff you go back to town and someone's like oh where's so-and-so oh i killed him oh jesus fuck you killed i mean they don't say that it's like jesus fuck you killed him oh i'm scared of you now you can't come into my my shop and and buy from me because it's like that was my friend and you killed my friend so i don't want anything to do with you stuff like that um so you kill him and take all his stuff in the shop right yeah absolutely that's what you do uh the game's got a pretty deep crafting system like i said uh particularly for the age that it is and i think that's the mmo uh roots coming out you can craft everything from weapons to armor, upgrade everything. You can craft spells. You can craft regular clothes. Just wander around in regular clothes. Um, so it definitely shows that it had an MMO uh, focus, right? Yeah. Yeah, having... Yeah. A, a, it feels weird to say that uh, this has a lot more of a roleplay focus, so obviously it was an MMO. Because <laughs> yeah. it completely ignores the whole R in RPG, or RP, you know? Yeah. But I mean the story and the lore are pretty deep. Um it does front load a lot of exposition. I think that was something they went into fix last minute or you know after they couldn't do it as an MMO anymore. Cuz that the first probably 2 hours of the game are really big like ah yes, here's the history of our land told to you through these wacky, well not wacky, but these adventures you're going on. Uh, and also a couple of cutscenes and some very, very long dialogue with, uh, you know, Mr. Important Dwarf Man. After that, it, it opens up and becomes a lot more nuanced. Um, but it's it's an enjoyable game. I mean, if you've, uh, if you've never played it before, I mean, you can pick it up real cheap. It goes real cheap on many Steam sales. How much does it cost right now if you just want to buy it? Where are you at? There's the link. Um. Okay, so the whole thing, the collection is forty bucks right now. Uh, the base game is twenty, but it has been on sale. Uh, let's see, the collection has been on sale for seven fifty. So that's that and all the DLC. Um, the standard game has actually been free a couple of times. It looks like currently you can get the standard game for ten bucks at Games Planet UK if you wanted to do that. But, I mean, I've seen it regularly go on sale for, you know, four or five bucks for the base game on during a Steam sale. And, I mean, it, it's got a lot of content. I would probably, I, I would reckon, eh? Uh, eh? I would uh, reckon uh, that it's got, uh, you know, a good 50 or 60 hours for the main story. If you want to be a completionist, close to 100 hours. Um, so, if you're looking for an RPG you haven't played before, uh, don't mind a little bit of grindiness from MMO Roots. I'd, I'd give Kingdoms of Amalur a shot. It's a pretty decent old game. And that's it for all the games that we played this week. Yeah. Hey, Woo. look, right at the hour mark. We did it. All now thanks to, to a random old man uh, 
you know, scraping up his car. I, I was also trying to figure out how to, you know, covertly take a picture of it, but, you know, that seemed a little much. <laughs> it was one of the moments that I wish I just constantly had, like, a GoPro recording in my cap, you know? Because I constantly wear a baseball cap. <laughs> yeah. Glad to figure out that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to... I don't know what you want to call this. It's more. It's much more than a news topic at this point. Um, <laughs> Dumpster fire. It's it's yeah yeah the uh, the brightly burning dumpster fire <laughs> that is a Diablo Eternal. Uh, you have a uh, phone, don't you? Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Blizzard booed at BlizzCon over its mobile Diablo. Yeah, that's my editorial thing because yeah, that seems to be the crux of the argument here because oh okay well let's break this down go back in the timeline because this is uh the derailment of a hype train that honestly how could they have not seen this coming honestly because uh, before blizzcon and i have to admit i had to go digging for this because I'm not a Blizzard guy anymore. I don't. I don't play any of their games. I watch a little bit of StarCraft uh, esports when I happen to catch it on. I don't religiously follow it. I just yeah. If I pop onto Twitch and I see the WCS playing, oh, I guess I'll watch that for a bit. Yeah, and that's it. That's uh, all my all my interactions these days with Blizzard uh, uh, products. So uh, before BlizzCon, they were talking about how they were going to announce the future of Diablo. Oh boy, right? <laughs> Looking yeah. back at that, huh? Yeah, I mean, everyone was expecting to be Diablo 4, mm-hmm. an announcement about Diablo 4. Well, it's kind of funny that you uh, bring that up, because, uh, is it in the list? I, I mean, oh yeah, it's uh, in the list right there, uh, below all the YouTube links. Uh, but, uh, they, uh, they, after they hyped it up, they started trying to temper the expectations saying well it's not what you think it is you know it yeah but they've already you know the cat's out of the bag they have uh several panels about diablo at blizzcon and usually when there's something like that it's a major announcement then the guy gets on stage (laughs) and if you haven't watched this clip it's in uh uh, actually the uh, full thing is in the uh show notes maybe i should go hunt that down uh, but the announcement and uh you know uh, there's a lot of cheers at first and as he goes on and on and on the crowd gets very quiet yeah, very quiet <laughs> at, at, yeah at po- you just watch the uh, at points the air drain out of the room and at points when he stops uh to yeah you know, for uh you know your typical applause dead silence <laughs> Or a couple of la- people laughing. Yeah. Not a good sign. Oh. <laughs> uh, and also, yeah, whenever they showed all the people in cosplay playing it, they didn't look like they were having fun to me. D- did it to you? No. Have you seen some of the pictures uh, where they're like, you know, the the full area and it's pr- it's not quite deserted, but it's close yeah, this is another one There's of those cases of not playing to your audience. Yeah, there were there were some some 
some ways that this could have went that would have been a lot honestly better to uh, honestly it. honestly if they what they should have done in my opinion because what is coming out now is that they were going to announce Diablo 4 but scrapped it last minute which doesn't bode well for Diablo 4 now does it no. <laughs> when modern game releases or game announcements can literally be a logo and that's it <laughs> i mean we've seen that uh, trend going on the fact that blizzard isn't even uh, comfortable doing that screams that diablo 4 is in trouble in my opinion or is in the middle of a major redo which is yeah worrisome on that front but yeah we're not talking about yeah. that right now <laughs> no the way that they could have done this where it wouldn't I mean, there would have been some people who would have bitched about it, but for the most part, it would have been probably received somewhere between neutral and with praise, as if they had been, like, you know, go through the whole presentation, and they're like, look, you know, we know you guys are excited for Diablo 4, it's just not ready yet. We we had to yeah, pull, the fact that they, pull some they stuff. Yeah, the they didn't mention Diablo or, 4 at all. And I, yeah, I, I think at the very like, end of their QA, they were saying that they had other projects in, in Diablo. At the very end. Right. But but if they had been like, you know, we're working on it. Here's something to hold you over until we get it, until it's ready. And then said, you know, Diablo Eternal, this mobile game. We partnered with, who is it? Netties. Uh, which is a to... Chinese uh, developer. You may remember them because they were being an, uh, sued uh, early this year by Blue Hole or PUBG Corp. One of the two for uh, pu- essentially pu- PUBG clones. And people were complaining yeah. about... This looking like essentially a carbon copy of one of their games, which, okay, this is going to sound very racist, but let's just plow ahead anyway. Uh, a lot okay. of people are concerned about them being a Chinese developer because of the Chinese design philosophy embracing pay to win. And in fact, the game that they're, you know, people are considering this a clone of, or their game is a clone of Diablo, which is now getting uh, essentially a licensed uh, reskin, which is also what uh, uh, some publications I've seen uh, covering, uh, is heavily paid a win. So there's definitely a lot of concern there about this one, not being in-house, and two, being farmed out to a Chinese mobile development team, which is known to be heavy pay to win. And the fact that Diablo 3 had the fucking auction house in it. Yeah, this the, is, the real money auction yeah, house. Yeah, this is not yeah you know, a, a good. Uh, this is not a way to get trust. And then you double down and uh, say, "Don't you have phones?" That yeah, they literally said I love that. that. Yeah, they did say that because there were people that. Um, uh, which one did, was uh, it? That, that was the people asking, like, if, uh, if okay, they had so, any. Okay, so they did the announcement. We're going to bring then, it to PC, and then they had a small QA section after the fact. And there was two uh, questions that really uh, stood out. One was uh, asking if they were going to bring it to PC. And the developer, th- this I think it was later in the uh, QA, but I'm not certain because you know it's all been you know chopped up and uh, th- uh, thrown into meme-sized portions to be thrown across the internet. Uh, but uh, the developer got very defensive about this, <laughs> or the guy on stage, I should say, and said, "Don't you have phones?" And uh, taboos that they actually now, now mind you this isn't at like e3 or anything where it's a general trade show or anything this is blizzcon where people pay 
hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to be there, to fly across the fucking country, if not across the globe, to go there to embrace Blizzard products, and they're getting fucking booed. That screams disaster. Yeah. I mean, Activision Blizzard fucked up. Uh, And their stock price is I have not been... I've not been a fan of them for a long time. I play World of Warcraft, but that's only because it's, like, I play it so that I can do something and hang out with my mom. Like, that's the only reason I play World of Warcraft anymore. I don't give a shit. I don't... If I was going to play an MMO, I'd play something sci-fi themed at this point. But other well, than that... Uh, well, like, let's go play Wildstar. I don't... Oh, wait. Other than that, I haven't spent any money on any Blizzard Activision product in years. The last time I spent any money on anything would have been a couple of years ago. The last time I played Hearthstone because I I bought some card packs. Yeah, see, I never bu- I never bought card packs for Hearthstone. I, I was too poor for that. But otherwise, I haven't played any of their games in a long time because I, I mean they just have shitty. They're not consumer friendly, and they're getting more and more that way. You know, getting more greedy, um, thinking that they're honestly. I feel like they're arrogant. Like they seem to be projecting arrogance, like oh we're you know we're Blizzard, we're Activision, well, we're huge, we've been around for forever, we can do whatever we want, and it doesn't matter. What uh, the, the developer uh, screaming? Don't you have phones? Uh, uh, does is an arrogant? Yeah, it is. But you know that's that's how they're coming across. Like you know, fuck you, we don't have to listen to you. Will Doom Eternal do okay? Probably. It probably will. Yeah, but it won't but be with the core the Blizzard o- off- audience, and they're in danger of losing their audience because, uh, yeah, Diablo isn't the only horse in town anymore. You know, they they aren't the only show in town anymore. I mean, yeah. the people playing Path of Exile are probably probably have raging erections right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do. Prob- <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um. Uh, but let's compare this really to uh, two other mobile announcements from this year. Uh, one done poorly and one done actually well. I mean, we could compare this directly uh, to Command and Conquer and uh, Elder Scrolls uh, Blades. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Command and Conquer did the same thing where they focused quite a bit. Granted, they didn't get booed, but, you know, that was their investors and, you know, the uh, press there, so... Yeah, less likely to be so, but they were lambasted online because of it. Meanwhile, and we're getting into weird territory again. I'm praising Blizz or praising Bethesda. Don't worry. This is a passing phase. It will all balance out in the end. Trust me. Uh, but Bethesda, on the flip side of things highlighted that it was you know a side project that you know the next elder scrolls is still coming this is uh, something to for a different audience to mess around with they made a funny dick joke uh what i was gonna say they've i mean they've done this twice in a row now because they did the same thing with fallout shelter yeah. they were just like because they it was their huge announcement yeah, about they, fallout yeah they 4, understand and like that. oh by the way here's a cute little thing for you to enjoy and, and while you're now. waiting to play fallout 4 yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh, they understand that the mobile market isn't. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of how to uh, say this without coming off as uh, as well. Blizzard uh, as in a major dick. Uh, 
uh, there are very different markets. The core PC market, yes, there's overlap, but you can't expect just because you have a core title, a one of the games that is viewed as the ARPG, and because ARPGs are, for some reason, I gotta be honest, I can't fathom why, are somewhat popular on mobile, to expect everybody to you know, grab their phones and start you know, uh, shaking their wallets at you. Because, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, th- people are very afraid that this is going to be just, you know, cashing in pay-to-win microtransactions. And, you know, Daddy's has a history of, yeah, most likely, yeah. Of doing that specifically. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Me, um, do you want to... Uh, well, oh, I was saying, while, uh, while Bethesda was making very clear that this was just a side project, that this was just something that they were toying with as, you know, bringing in a different audience or, you know, something to mess with. And it wasn't taking away development time. And because the way they framed this announcement, talking about it being the future of Diablo, even though it, what they were really talking about was potentially the shelved Diablo 4 announcement, you know, it kind of threw a lot more uh, of the light on this mobile title that yeah, it honestly would have had, wouldn't have uh, had otherwise. Yeah, so they're, so yeah. they're kind of the victims of their own hype train, which is just hilarious. Uh, yeah, uh, but the fact so the fact that they doubled down. I mean, that's the most damning thing about this. Yeah, so let's go over and um, we. There was actually quite a bit of chatter on Discord about this, and we got a lot yeah, of so, so many you know, gifts, short uh, responses, uh, memes. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like that. I don't like anal, but you have an ass, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't you guys have um, phones? Don't you guys have any PC devs? <laughs> uh, oh, and also the other meme-tastic clip that's been going around was a, a guy in a red uh, shirt, I think it was, uh, that asked if this was an out-of-season April Fool's joke, and there was a lot of cheers to that. <laughs> And yeah. you could just you I mean, could see the frustration on the uh, guy's face uh, on stri- on stage at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean Blizzard has trolled people at BlizzCon before, like that's mm-hmm. happened. But so I could see like the, you know the fans like holding out hope, like maybe they're really fucking with us, like maybe. Yeah, and they didn't really show a know. lot of gameplay. You know, it was a little clip. I mean, they put uh, more effort into their April Fool's jokes. Like, I remember one year StarCraft II had a Voltron unit, and they did a full animation using several of the base units in the, uh, from the, from StarCraft II, and it, yeah, obviously uh, took time. And that had a, a longer gameplay clip in it, or gameplay and sarcasm quotes there, than this trailer. It was uh, mostly cin- uh, cinematic and not Blizzard-quality Blizzard cinematics, I should say. That's the other thing. Yeah, you know? it it didn't look like a Blizzard announcement. If you took all the uh, yeah all the branding out of it and just put it on YouTube, I wouldn't be able to tell that was uh, you know Diablo. I would have thought it was a shitty uh, mobile game, you know, twenty seven thousand or something. And yeah, and boy, did the downvotes uh, ha- uh you know hit uh, pretty much every copy of that uh, trailer. And there was also some controversy about that as well because it seems like uh, YouTube was purging downvotes uh 
for uh, potential botting or what they were saying potential botting and people were saying that uh, blizzard was re-uploading the videos when you know there, it was hard to tell if they were or weren't and oh it, it, you know just dumpster fire on top of dumpster fire dumpster fires all the way down right <laughs> yeah there's yeah uh, there's i mean that's basically them trying to censor criticism of of their decision yeah and of course and it's uh, like you fucked up yeah and, and uh some of the white knights of uh, games media was jumping in saying uh, i actually saw uh, tweets talking about how the outrage about diablo uh, Inter- uh eternal uh was a symptom of toxic masculinity uh-huh yeah so we had the sjw crowd into things as well right <laughs> Uh, do you wish to talk about this? <laughs> Not really. I really don't want to. Oh. Uh, oh, you're, what I do you're, you're way do, too though, tired for is... that. <laughs> I just don't want to deal with it. There's too much other shit going on tonight. I don't want to open up the SJW issue in games media. Yeah, I'm sure you're what just I do there do, though, watching is... the, uh, the dashboard, huh? Yeah. What I do want to do, though, is highlight, um, you know, among all the, all the memeiness and whatnot, Jim... Jimmy Jam did give us a, a more serious take. Yeah. I'll just read through that. Okay. Give me a little bit of a break. <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, my take on the Diablo debacle is that Blizzard should have known better. Diablo is one of the pillars of classic PC gaming that is held in very high regard. To announce a shitty rescan of a mobile game that was outsourced to another dev as the next Diablo was horrifying. It would be like Valve announcing Half-Life 3, but it's a loot box infested reskin of a bad mobile game. The main issue is not the actual game, but how it's announced and marketed. They chose to hype it and announce it at BlizzCon in front of their most loyal hardcore fans. They also chose to scrap any teaser of Diablo 4, which was apparently already set up. So they decided to tell their most hardcore fans of the PC games that the next Diablo game is going to be a mobile piece of trash and it's never going to be ported to PC, all while maintaining radio silence on Diablo 4, which is in development. What the fuck did they expect? They could have easily headed it off by reassuring their fans that they haven't abandoned PC games in search of mobile profits. They could have gotten away with it if they had announced Diablo 4. will be a while before it comes out, but here's this Diablo-themed mobile game to keep you busy in the meantime. Bethesda managed to get away with it with Fallout, Fallout Shelter, and Blizzard probably could have too if they actually did some market research. So covered a couple of those points already, but I just wanted to yeah. highlight that before we get too far away yeah, from Yeah, because this. we had uh, um, I, community content. Yeah, I did. I did ask for if anybody was like a big fan or had serious supplies. Like I've never really been into Diablo. Um, I, I just, you know, as we've discussed many times, I'm not a super huge fan of most isometric games. I we have found a couple which I enjoy, and I might go back and. Give hey, I Diablo broke you with a, a shot. A Divinity. Yeah, well, I mean, Divinity is different though. It's basically a turn-based RPG. I can handle that. That's not uh, an ARPG. But anyways, um, you know, I might go back and play Diablo 2 or 3 uh, and just see if my tastes have changed, if I've, you know, evolved as a gamer at some point. But I, I, I have no history with it. So I asked if anybody had, you know, a history with the game or had some serious thoughts or opinions that I'd love to have them for the show. So Kyle said that he was going to do something. Yeah, which scares me. So let me. I'm just gonna go check real quick and see if yeah, it came in. Uh, yeah, late. now thinking about it, I should have tracked down a friend of mine, even though she's rarely online. 
Like, let's just put it this way. She would be heavily invested in Diablo now that I think about it. It's just she's really online, so I probably couldn't be able to get a hold of her. Let's put it this way, all right? She she met her husband playing Diablo. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, for a long time, uh, she actually was from Australia. Uh, they dated uh, via Diablo because that was the easiest way to do so back in the 90s. Yeah. Um, so anyways, Kyle did not send an email tonight at this point, but Kyle, if you want to send something in, we can, uh, I would still love that. We can talk about it some more next week. Um, yeah, I'm sure the dumpster fire will still be smoldering. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, maybe a uh, blizzard will throw some gasoline on it again and have something meme-tastic with it again. Yeah. Speaking of dumpster fires... Uh, yeah, is, are you wanting to segue to the next topic, or more to do with this <laughs> Blizzard thing? Uh, uh, shall we segue to the next topic, then? Unless you have something sure, else to that. talk about here. I mean, I mean... I don't think so. I, mean, I think we covered everything there, at least for now. I'm sure there'll be more uh, as we get uh, through, but yeah, the, the fact that games media, or at least a certain segment of it, is uh, defending uh, uh, Blizzard instead of, you know, actually reporting is just sad. But, you know, that's also editorial and, uh, you know, they're, they're yeah. free to do their editorial stuff. But at the same time, uh, calling their uh, viewer base uh, toxic, um, uh, uh, talking about toxic masculinity and uh, talking about entitled gamers again. <sighs> All right. Yep. Sad day. So speaking of entitled gamers. <laughs> Indeed. Oh. Uh, so our next news topic, uh, Fallout 76 faces technical woes, uh, and that, again, is maybe an understatement. I was being, um, I was being beta, a generous uh, uh, editor here. Their, uh, yeah, their beta has been plagued with many issues, many, many, many issues. Well, Some of them, the game is broken at, at its uh, core. Probably my favorite one, uh, my design. favorite one, all right, out of all this. They actually mm-hmm. had to tweet out, do not press any of the buttons on the launcher, because for a while, the launcher, if you hit uh, the buttons on it in the PC version, would delete the fucking game. <laughs> it's like the launcher knows, right? It's become self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, I, I do give them credit for cleverness that they turn beta into an acronym, the break it early test application. I think that's cute, and I like bad puns. And also truth in advertising. So. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, it we do this already broken. because it's a Bethesda title. And yes, we are back around to bashing Bethesda. The order has been restored in the universe. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about... Um, uh, let's just go down the list. How about uh, the fact that the game has built-in speed hacking? Or at least for a time, the... There's talks about them actually force locking V-Sync, which is a band-aid over a gaping wound. But because this runs on the same engine that uh, essentially they've been running for about 20 years now, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually not joking on that. Uh, the creation engine, uh, the Fallout 4 engine, has its roots in Elder Scrolls Morrowind. 
Granted, it was the GameBro engine back then, and the creation engine is essentially a uh, remastering of it. But the core concepts of it is still the or is still the uh, GameBro engine. It still has uh, you know some of the bugs from uh, the old GameBro engine, like the fact that animations were tied to your frame rate if you went above a certain threshold. And because of how Fallout 76 and Fallout 4, by extension, uh, runs their animations, if you're running above 60 FPS, you're suddenly moving faster. You're, fu- you're, you're swinging melee weapons faster. You're most likely reloading faster. Actually, I haven't seen testing on that. But, yeah, that seems to be a slight problem in a, I don't know, how about a competitive multiplayer game? The fact that unlocking a frame rate, and as a matter of fact, even just looking down so your frame rate goes up further, makes you move faster. Yep. Get fast frame rate staring at the ground. But yeah, I just like, whenever I heard that, I was like, Jesus, why are we still linking game physics to frame rate? Because Bethesda is a bunch of packs. Why is that still a thing? Bethesda has gotten complacent. They've gotten used to throwing out a shitty, broken mess of a game, and yes, I am including pretty much all the Fallouts, barring Fallout New Vegas, because that was... Well, okay, okay, that that was also shitty and broken on release, and that was only partially Bethesda's fault. Okay, mostly Bethesda's fault. Uh, but they weren't the ones that coded that mess. Uh, but they've gotten complacent about allowing modders to fix their steaming piles of shit. And... You know, that's not going to happen this time because they've already said that mods are a year off. Oh, wait, uh, because this is the same engine as Fallout 4 and people have experience doing this, they're able to mod the game only at single-player mods and it's um, cheats. So there's people that's talking about being able to, oh, I don't know, let's pick something almost at random. How about being able to put a bar in the game that allows you to pretty much instantly unlock any lock. Did you watch that video? Yeah, I did. Mind blowing, um, huh? Yeah. Uh, one of the problems with stuff like that, too, like, well, one of them, several problems, I'm sure, that I've heard people complain about, like, this just being an issue, anyways, from the game, uh, is that because it's an MMO, um, around 50 to 60% of the containers are shared and they're on respawn timers. So if you get somewhere after somebody else, then there's no loot there. And if somebody's able to instantly unlock everything and speed up the time, oh, great. It's not instant, but it's substantially faster. It's the same uh, uh, unlocking minigame that's been in like the what? Since uh, Fallout 3, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you have to move the bobby pin and, uh, you know, to the right put, uh, arc on... Uh, I thoroughly dislike that unlock mechanic. It's not... It's, I really it's like not, Oblivion's better. It's not realistic in the slightest, is it? No. No, it's not. Yeah, that's not how lock picking works. No. Nope. Uh, but... I've picked a few locks. I know how to pick locks. I know the theory behind it, but I've never picked a lock. Yeah, I've done it before. But... I used to have a, a set of tools when I worked at Lowe's in the tool section, or in the yeah, in the tool section. Um, I was one of the only people that could figure out how to unlock a lock without like 
uh, if you don't have the master key mm-hmm. in case someone you know, like needs a lock key or something you'd actually have to go through and and take the lock apart or or pick it depending on how you know damaged or screwed up or whatever somebody brought it mm-hmm. in so I, I actually learned how to pick locks i'm a little bit rusty but i can i can pick I can pick most door locks. But the fact that, you know, uh, there's the lockpick mod where, you know, you're able to instantly tell pretty much where you need to put uh, the bobby pin. And then it's just a little bit of fine tuning. You know, uh, they were unlocking locks in, what, five seconds? Yeah. Typically, uh, typically in Fallout, I would say it'd be, uh, I would say 30 seconds would be about a good average, right? Somewhere in there. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you have to do a little bit of testing, you know, prod it a little bit, and that's a uh, open window for you to get, you know, shot in the back of the head. And this, you know, you're pretty much instantly done. And the fact that that's a thing, really? And the fact that the server's able to, t- or, or I should say the client's able to tell, uh, really ties into a lot of uh, what I have uh, labeled as networking shitstorm. You know, that the fact that the game servers, and I have an archive of this just in case I nuked this, because... You know, the Fallout uh, subreddit is a little bit salty about things. Uh, how uh, the servers trust the clients pretty much completely. So, let's see. Uh, there's a breakdown of five reasons not to use an engine that you made entirely open and provided all the tools needed to mod the engine to an online game. And how entirely not to secure anything of your users. Number one, there's no uh, server checks to verify models or file integrity. Want to go? Uh, Want to make the trees smaller or uh, player models uh, have bright colors to see them e- easier? Go right ahead. Uh, here's the tools you need to it. Uh, terrain and invisible uh, cl- uh, walls slash collision is client side. Uh, Want to walk through walls? Open up that uh, beautiful uh, ESM and I file and edit it. The server doesn't care or check. Uh, want to save money on server hardware and make ping a little bit more manageable? Go ahead, uh, open up a client uh, to uh, client communication, but don't encrypt it or obfuscate it in any way. Open up Wireshark uh, while you're playing and nab someone's IP if you want. Send packets to the server to auto use their consumables, uh, all very nicely in, in plain text. Even uh, get health info in player location. Why waste time injecting uh, the executable? And uh, getting nabbed by anti-cheat when you could get all the info from the network. Want to grief people and be a god? Go ahead, uh, keep a looping packet ca- captured in Wireshark reporting you have full health. Why would the server care about something as little and uh, game-breaking like this? It's a great idea to let your client tell uh, the server that it's a uh, state and the server not to check anything it's being told. The possibilities with this are endless and... Probably uh, just to give yourself uh, items uh, by telling the server, hey, you picked it up. And number five, uh, someone in your game being mean? Again, have Wireshark? Well, let's just forge a packet with the disconnect command and have it knock them offline. In conclusion, Bethesda should not have made the Fallout 76 by throwing mods <laughs> on it uh, from uh, the Nexus and sold it as a new game. <laughs> and uh, Bethesda is saying that this isn't tar- isn't entirely accurate, and but they are working on fixing issues, but they're not saying which of these issues or if any other ones uh, are accurate, which screams, uh, you know, PR or trying to twist things, or things are a lot worse. Yeah, but I... The um, fact that if 
any one of those fives is uh, accurate. Yo, that's, you know, that's devastating. Yeah, I, I had a pretty big suspicion this was going to be a mess from the beginning. Oh, I thought too. And just I like thought so more... too, but this, this is beyond my wildest dreams of how big a dumpster fire this is. I mean, Bethesda has no idea how to make an MMO. They have no idea how to make really an online game. And they have no idea how to make a new game engine. They have no idea how like, to make a survival game, which this is technically is. I mean, this is just a massive recipe for disaster, which just keeps getting uh, worse and worse as as time I, goes on. I, I disagree. It's getting better and better. I, hey, this is the only way I'm going <laughs> to enjoy this game. I mean, I'm I'm probably never going to play it ever. I, I do I have to admit that there is a curiosity was... for me just because I live in the area that the map uh, uh, shows. So it's, you know, it's that it's the same idea as if, you know, like American truck put out an expansion with Tennessee. You'd be a lot, yeah, that would make yeah you'd be a lot more interested in it just because, Hey, I, I know this street or I know this highway, you know, is that sort of thing for yeah. me, you know, going uh, like into Charleston and looking at the uh, buildings there and knowing some of them, uh, uh, the, throughout the upper canal valley that sort of thing uh that that that's like the only curiosity for me i have zero interest in this rust reboot you know uh but the fact yeah. that you know uh, there there is a market for it but the th- thing is that this is also highlights the how slow game development is for triple a's because this is an obvious cash in on uh, these uh uh, kind of open world survival games that uh, were the fad before Battle Royale, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so this is and how AAA developers usually get to the scene a little bit late. A little bit, uh, yeah. The, the boat's already gone from port, gone out into the middle ocean, and sunk. And the next uh, ship is coming in and is already leaving. Okay, so a lot late. Granted, yeah, you know, Battle Royale is a lot easier to throw it together. Do you think they're going to put a battle royale mode in this? Uh, probably, but I don't really give a shit. <laughs> like I said, not really interested in playing this. Well, uh, I would have been willing to pay for multiplayer, like co-op. All I, w- I ever wanted in uh, either Fallout or Elder Scrolls is co-op. That's it. Yep, mm-hmm. between two and four people. And have a cooperative Fallout experience with the same story, you know, the same story quality. You know, just have it instead of like the lone wanderer or the lone carrier, have a group, and you could easily do that. But the fact that this is a Fallout game without NPCs, with a very passive story where you're not even an active participant in it. Uh, as far as I could tell, based on the you know, people talking about the beta, everything is th- via audio logs or through the radio. So you're not even an active <coughs> participant in the story or the quest. You know, everything has happened and you're late to the party. Boy, that's actually kind of ironic now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be poetic. It's very poetic. Uh, some poetic justice then. <laughs> No. Uh, but yeah, uh, 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 honestly, did anybody play Fallout Four for the game pl- or for the uh, gunplay and think I want more of this with uh, a shittier version of the uh, colony management? 
Yeah, with no. griefing on my I, mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the gunplay in Fallout Four more than previous Fallout games. Yeah, but um, that, but I that really wasn't what the you were there for. Management. No, but that's not the main reason I was there for. I don't I don't need more of that, and I certainly don't want a shittier version of the the colony management aspect. I want more of that that's better and more flushed out. Uh, I can't hear you. Shitty, uh, shitty rust plug. Yeah, if they had done that, even like really fleshed out that system, I would wait until you know maybe a year later, honestly, whenever it is that they said that they're going to put private servers yeah. in. Honestly, here, and then here's set up what, a private server, not let anybody on, my opinion. and just build a town. Here's my opinion: what they should have done. All right, they should. Well, first of all, they couldn't have done this in their uh, uh, game engine, so you know that pretty much uh, makes it impossible. But uh, if they wanted to focus on the survival and uh, colony management instead of doing a third person shooter uh, like this they should have done a single player uh, sort of uh, uh, you never played Neo Scavenger have you? No I haven't. But something like Neo Scavenger you know a rogue light or rogue like depending on your definition there or even go full on with the management style and be like uh, banished where you're building up a colony and you're sending out uh, expert, uh, exploratory groups and you're getting lore about the surrounding area. And you could easily socket that into the existing lore without retconning literally everything. Because that's something else that they're doing is, uh, that's pissing off long-term fans is that they're retconning a lot of the factions to be active in, in places that they weren't active long before they were active, you know? Yes. So it's yes, so do. it's another one of those things that you know it's just you know a big middle finger to long term Fallout fans. Yeah, I just when it comes to Bethesda, the only thing I've got my eye on is like, okay, what are you going to do to the next Elder Scrolls? Yeah, it, it makes you a little concerned about that, doesn't it? Oh, I've been concerned about that for a while now. That, that's why I'm you know not well that and the fact that I didn't really care for Skyrim. Uh, if I modded it enough and threw enough total conversions at it, I think I would enjoy it. But, you know, it, I was playing the game for the game and not, you know, the engine. The the Elder Scrolls uh, at this point is pretty much just a game development tool or a place for uh, game devs to get their feet wet. Or future game devs, I should say, to make mods. But the fact that we have the mod workshop now, and it seems like they're going more and more uh, off Steam. So, you know... Uh, I don't. I don't want another launcher, you know. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I uh, let's see. Got several. Okay, got so several launchers. Steam. I don't need another one. Uh, G- what are we? Oh, Steam. Steam. Right. GOG. Ubisoft. Uh, Humble Bundle. Technically, because of all that. Uh, Twitch. Discord. Because I ha- had a free game on there. Uh. And I'm sure I'm forgetting like half a dozen. <laughs> but you play? Did you say you play? Oh, well, I said Ubisoft. Oh, okay. But you know that's uh, six right there. I uh, listed off pretty rapidly. Yep, I can add to that list the Rockstar launcher for uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, it's going to get well. Boo. What? A launcher for one fucking game. <laughs> I don't need that. 
just let me launch the game straight from the executable. I hear you launching. I know. Uh, but Dreadnought has a launcher. Yeah, because well, <laughs> launching it from Steam launches the launcher, yeah. and then it stays open when you close it. Yep. So you gotta close the launcher that you launched from launching the game from Steam. Launchers all the way down. Did we miss any of the Fallout 76 topics? Uh, let's see. Uh, Eurogamer, uh, the build and speed hack, uh, the networking shitstorm. Uh, oh, uh, that is uh, um, mispasted. Whoops. Um, the lockpick mod. Uh, the, uh, Bethesda claiming inaccuracy, but they... Uh, are saying that things are getting fixed anyway. They have uh, done a uh, V-Sync, uh, or forced V-Sync at, I believe it's 62 FPS, which is a, well, technically it's an even number, but it's an odd number, you know? Yeah. Makes me wonder is if that's... Is there a way to force it at a higher frame rate? Force it to like 90 I don't or know, but you're running into the uh, problems with the, you know, physics again, because of how they have it set up. So I'm assuming like 62 FPS is like their baseline 100%, you know? Which also makes yeah. me wonder if people V-Sync at 60 FPS if they're uh, seeing a slight detri- uh, yeah, detriment. But yeah, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, well, they say that you could disable the V-Sync via INI file. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Uh, but, Problem solved. Yeah, it's going to be a constant fight with the mods. I, I, I just, I don't see how... If, if you're going into this game, you know, just to dick around and, you know, you, do your thing, fine. Maybe. But I just see it as just endless frustration. At least on PC. On console, it's going to be a little bit more locked down, but not much. Because, yeah, the console, you could, uh, you know, do things as well. Uh, but, yeah, it's just... <laughs> uh, what a fuck up, huh? Oh yeah, it's a it's a big old mess. It's kind of fun to watch. Can't wait to hear more and more of this be talked about on all those other gaming podcasts I listen to. Yeah, which I haven't listened. Got to. some pretty diehard, got some pretty diehard Fallout fans on some of them. So, let's see if they're gonna have the Kool Aid. Gonna defend, yeah, defend or be open and honest about what's going on. Yeah, which if they defend this. Uh, it makes you kind of wonder if you should be listening to them, huh? In my opinion, at least. Yeah. I can I can accept, like, look, it's got a lot of problems, but I've always really wanted to play a multiplayer Fallout game, and this is what I've got. Fair. I mean, I can I can understand that. Like, But if they completely cross over. Like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's all fine here. How are you? <laughs> then it's like, okay. All right, you've got problems. we got problems. So in other words, if they go full home solo. Yeah. I was going to say never go full Han Solo, but you should probably, I mean, I don't know. If I was given the choice to be Han Solo or not, I'd probably be Han Solo. Well, it depends. Are you going to end up as a sentient candle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Definitely. still can't believe that's a thing. With a, with a, <laughs> with a red wick. Was the the wick red? The, it should have no, been. No, it wasn't. Remember, this was the original yeah. trilogy, uh, all right, sentient candles. And, oh, and yes, okay. that is actually a thing. That's an item that exists in his Bible, limited edition Star Wars I, scented candles, and one of them smells like the I fucking trash, uh, trash compactor. 
I don't want that one, but I want that no, no, they're sold in sets, so you're getting the trash compactor. Well, I guess I'll just throw it in my trash compactor. What's hilarious is, uh, well, the person that was reviewing them, Ashen, uh, he was smelling the Millennium Falcon, and he says, I don't know, it smells like a leather and like a pin of cheap aftershave. And then he had the, the it dawned on him, oh my God, that's Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> That is Han Solo, absolutely, to a T. Uh, no. Okay. Well, then let's, uh, with that through then, let's move on to our final news topic of the night. PS4 share will be blocked in the second half of Catherine Full Body's story mode. So this is another one of those things where that, uh, let's see, who's the developer... I'm pretty uh, sure this is the Drew. same one that's, uh, that uh, did uh, Persona. Persona, yeah. Um, they are blocking uh, on PS4 the streaming app from working in the second half of the game. So if you're not using a hardware uh, capture it's, method... It's published by Atlas, so yeah. It's the same publisher. Yeah. I, I was just So if you're not checking. using a hardware capture solution like an Elgato or something, you know of the many others that are out there on the market. Uh, there's no way to actually stream this. So this is re- dumb for a number of reasons. Number the, the biggest reason is it's like... It's your free advertising. Like it's Yeah, it's free advertising for your game. Um, it is a, a censorship thing, um, which... I don't want to go down that road, actually, right now. I don't want to do that. Uh, I'm not sure where still, we're going with this or where you are potentially going with this. Well, yeah, whatever. Oh, Anyways. whisper it to me. Uh, I'll, I'll listen closely. <laughs> whisper, whisper, whisper. <laughs> um, but I mean, this game is an older game. This is a remaster. You made this point whenever we brought it up. You're like, you said, you know, it's an older game. If someone wants to find out about it, they can easily go to YouTube and find yeah, out the about only, it. Like, what's uh, the, the, the point? The only caveat here is that they are putting in a, an additional character, which, how the hell does that work? Because the original story was about this guy that was essentially caught in between, you know, uh, the temptation of cheating on. I can't remember if it was, you know, like fiance or uh, wife or what, but they were both named Catherine, you know, I uh, just uh, one with a C, yeah. one with a K, you know, there's several different theories about like what it is and what's happening in the game. Like some stuff about her having like a dissociative identity disorder. So like, well, I never looked too much into it because it's a PlayStation only title. So right. Or whether or not she's, um, some sort of like demon or ghost and is invading his dreams because she tempted him and he uh, followed through on it. Like there's a bunch of different interpretations for this game and it's somewhat in, in the original, there is a story to follow, but it does sort of leave that question up to you. Like, you know, what do you think is going on? Um, and he goes through these, you know, these nightmares and has to come out on the other side, like dealing with regret and guilt. Um, fascinating story actually told very well. So, it's just frustrating to see that they're trying to hamstring people who want to stream or, you know, record and and do stuff with it. I don't like when when game develop like I'm getting more and more like like me. You're grumpy, more and more grumpy about all of this stuff. Like <laughs> seriously, just don't. To some extent, I mean, companies do have rights. I'm not trying to say that like oh, just once you put a product out there, it's out there and you have no control or say or anything. Like, 
companies can certainly try things and you know legally you know they are within their right to do so but when it comes to the gaming space streaming with how popular and how big a part of the industry streaming has become trying to hamstring someone's livelihood um, if they're at that level trying to hamstring someone's hobby by putting these ridiculous restrictions on is frustrating to no end um because it's it's like hey we all just want to have a good time we want to share your game and you know not even just the free advertising bit but also that like hey we want to show it off and then maybe someone will go buy it and want to play through the rest of it and those are probably a small percentage for a game like this but you know it's one of those things it's like game devs always talk about leaving money on the table well to use that argument against them, like, you're fucking leaving money on the table by telling people they can't stream the second half of your game, and they know they're going to do it anyway. You know well, that people are going to do it anyway. Uh, copyright strikes, aren't they? They did on Persona, which they... Uh, I didn't see anything... Well, in- well, okay, they threatened them in the past, so that leads me to think that they're going to threaten them again. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they eventually lightened up. I don't think they ever completely removed the, you know, the Sword of Damocles over this, you know, but... You know, they lighten up uh, after a time, but, you know, it, it, it makes me not want to deal with them. Yeah. Or honestly, uh, it honestly kind of makes me want to load up an emulator and go play Persona 4 on stream. I was going to say, I've I've always wanted to play Persona. Like, I feel like it would be a well, game I, that well, no, no, would I, be a series I would enjoy. I, I tried getting into it. It's just, it, ha- it has a Kojima level entry where it's cutscene on top of cutscene on top of cutscene it's like watching an anime going into it I, I yeah I bet you I was a good two hours into it and short of just you know walking around not having actual gameplay you know I didn't have actual gameplay until the very end of that time frame and that was the tutorial battle you know <laughs> So yeah. whenever I say Kojima, you know, I mean Metal Gear, uh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid levels of cutscene. Oh, okay, here's a cutscene. Oh, okay, just a change pace. We're gonna take two steps and then a cutscene. Wow, a whole two steps. Um, but anyways, I, I mean, at this point, I would wouldn't buy a game. I wouldn't buy the game. I would either well, it's a emulate one of the older yeah, ones. Well, it's a PlayStation or... title anyway, so. It would be emulation only for me. I thought that one of the personas was on. I thought the most recent oh, persona. Was oh, on I thought Steam. you meant uh, Catherine. Oh no, no, I was talking about persona. Uh, actually, I'm not certain. Ba-ba-ba. Persona. Uh, yeah, Persona Five is on uh, PC. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh no! Uh, hang on. Uh, no, that's, uh, it actually links to Sonic. Whoops. Okay, so they haven't released Persona 5. It looks like, uh, searching Persona 5, uh, it links to, uh, what Sonic is this? That doesn't bode well that I can't tell what. Sonic Forces? That's, I, I'm looking at it, it's, it's. In Sonic Forces, you get to create your own custom character equipped with powerful gadgets to help Sonic take yeah, back see, the yeah, world. Yeah, now I see where it came up from. Matching characters from Persona 5. Well, Persona, uh, registered trademark, 
five. <laughs> Which that's also, you know, a, okay, that's not a pet peeve. That's a psychotic fucking hatred. You know, having trademark or, uh, uh, yeah, registered trademark or, you know, registered property in the middle of a title. It just breaks the flow, you know? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I thought Persona 5 was on no, it's not. PC, uh, but I guess not. It looks like uh, people are wanting it, but I'm not sure if there's even a Persona game officially released on PC. Uh, yeah, it says... Uh, granted, uh, just... they did say that... Uh, well... Uh, hang on. Uh, Atlas says Persona 5 and Yakuza 0 aren't releasing for PC or Nintendo Switch. This was from January 2017. Now think about that one. Sorry, I was reading something about Persona 5. Like uh, the publisher... I saw a thing that was like... The publisher said that Persona 5 and Yakuza 0 aren't releasing on PC or Nintendo Switch. This was uh, January of last year. Oh. So I wouldn't uh, you know, throw it out of the realm of possibility because... Well, Yakuza 0 is on yeah. Steam now. Or Yakuza. Yeah. So they, they did that thing. Although, honestly... I I wouldn't buy it on on PC at this point either. I don't want to support shitty industry practices anymore. Only problem is that we're starting to whittle down the number of developers we can support, huh? Yep. Good thing I've got like 800 and something Steam games in my mm-hmm. library. So, you know, what's done is done on those. I've I've got them. Uh, but anyways, alrighty. Anything else to say on that, or... That's all I gotta say about that. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. Well, then, moving on to Community Corner... Well, we kinda already covered um, it. I can't... I was gonna say, we kinda used the stuff from Community Corner for that earlier discussion. Uh, were there any tweets or anything? Uh, not that I saw. So, yeah, uh, if you were to give us some content for the community corner you can do so over at vglpodcast at gmail.com or just tweet us vglpodcast on the twitter because you know that's how it works you know tweeting on twitter so uh doobly do indeed doobly do over and i get one instantly what'd you get project hospital I also got Project Hospital, but you got to it first, so I'll it, it, just add that to wish list and move on. I, well, I hit a well. I saw it on my discovery queue, so I knew it was coming up. But essentially, if uh, this is the essentially the serious brother of Two Point Hospital, this is a more serious version of a hospital sim or a hospital simulator, I should say. Uh, granted, okay. it looks fun. Uh, I haven't played it, obviously, but. Uh, isometric view. Uh, it does have a sort of early 2000s uh, feel to it, uh, uh, graphically. Uh, but yeah, the fact that it's a more serious title, it, you know, it's really going to be torn on who uh, you know likes the more silly, uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, like cubism uh, uh, diseases from a uh, 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 two-point hospital, or to be more of a serious, uh, you know, what's actually kind of what a hospital uh, is like behind the scenes but the fact that they're both of them are out there you know uh, pleases me nice so i got one uh, on my second go cartcraft oh god i'm just gonna read the description 
Champions are made in Kartcraft. No suspension, no downforce, no seatbelts. This is real kart racing. Sharpen your racecraft as 20 other drivers hustle to get past you and steal the checkered flag. This looks like a go-kart racing simulator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, didn't they have uh, this for Arma 3 that they added in? No, I have no idea. Pretty sure Arma but 3 has uh, threw in a, a, a kart racing mode. This was there's a go kart racing mode in. Um, I mean, granted, it looks good. It's shit. just uh, yeah, if there's the player base and it is an early access title. Because Gran Turismo, that's the game I was looking for. There's a kart racing mode in Gran Turismo, and that's one of the most fun modes in the whole game. <laughs> so this is very exciting to me. Keep an eye on this one. Yeah, th th it does uh, look good. You know, it's just a question of uh, you know what they do with it. So I got a second one, Lethal League Blaze. Uh, have you ever seen Lethal League? Uh, I think so. Uh, well, for those who have the name sounds familiar. Uh, it's essentially so at least uh, heard of it. Uh, a competitive uh, pong uh, uh, online multiplayer. Uh, you bat a ball back and forth, uh, and as you repeat, repeatedly hit it, it gets faster and faster, and it's a competitive, uh, essentially fighter almost only the only way to knock out an opponent is to bash them uh, with the ball that's flying around and there's different moves and you get hit it and do power-ups and that sort of thing it's a very silly fast-paced game and yeah it's a lot of fun and uh, i didn't get to play it nearly as much as i would like but it has up to four player um, competitive uh, matches <laughs> so you can imagine how nuts it gets so they did a sequel and it looks very interesting. It'd be a good one for like a stream night or something if we still did, did those. Anyway, moving it right along. Fancy. Yeah. Uh, I've got one gum copying and pasting stuff over. So give me just one Alrighty. minute. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Is that what I think it is? It probably is. Snow Days, the Music of Winter Special Edition. It's been like three seconds since I've mentioned an anime booby game, and that's what this is. Uh, visual novel, you are snowed in with five sexy ladies of various, uh, shall we say, buxom body builds. Well, let's just, uh, let's just see. Um, let's go screenshot. Well, the most popular screenshot of the week, damn. Let me, let me... That, that should tell you all you need to know about this game immediately. And, well... Come on. Oh, don't... No, don't warn me. I want to be warned. View page. Screenshot. Is number four what I think it is? God damn it. I said don't warn me. Okay. <laughs> I think it is what you think it is. That is a disembodied penis. That is... I'm in. I mean, look at all them nips. Hell, look at all the there's butt plugs. There's some more nips. Oh, there's there. That's an asshole. Like that's just an asshole. Yep. I I approve of this game. Yeah, I was pretty sure I knew what this was because it was on the most popular list. But yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, if you if you just want to jerk off and for some reason you don't have access to porn site just head on over to the community page for this game 
That I mean, this is just porn. Just, just uh, plus, pure a, plus, if, uh, just a body penis. This is your thing. Well, they got you covered. I mean, I didn't know that was a possibility, but now that that is a possibility, I I think I'd like to like to try that out. Well, if you wish to try it out, maybe you'll uh, be able to do so in my next game, Party Hard 2. My big problem with uh, the original Party Hard was that it was kind of hard to tell you know, just what the hell was going on because of the camera angle. It was a uh, not quite 2.5D, but you know, it was face on and sometimes the line of sights was a little bit funky because of level geometry. Well, it looks like they heard my uh, complaints and they went full 3D with the uh, sequel. Which, you know, I don't have a problem with. And it looks like they have proper vision cones. And, uh, yeah, it actually is able to be a proper stealth game. Which, yeah, was my big problem with it, really. So, yeah, maybe this will be a bit better. Uh, for those who don't know Party Hard, essentially, uh, the uh, nearby party has kept you up one too many times. And you decide, you know, the best way to deal with them is to go over and murder all of them. And then go on a killing spree across the nation. That's the first game, and I'm assuming the second one is following in its footsteps. I do know they did a Party Hard Tycoon as well, which was essentially a nightclub simulator. I'm not sure how good it was, though. But, yeah. This looks amazing. Party Hard? No, 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 not Party Hard. Oh, I no. didn't like the first Party Hard. Yeah, I didn't care for it um, much either, but it was the, yeah, the camera. So I, I oh, got man. one that looks interesting. The, the shape-shifting detective. This is a, an FMV game um, where you play a shape-shifting detective uh, in so, a supernatural murder mystery game. So Odo from Deep Space Nine? Sure. It, looks, it reminds me a lot of, of her story, except with more varied scenes and settings. I could be all about this. I'm going to do some more research on this later. Because it's not very expensive. This would be an excellent way to spend date night. Because we did that with her story a couple of years ago. Katie and I, uh, on a date night, went through and, and solved the mystery of her story. Oh, you did? That's yeah. A- well, I mean, we disagreed <laughs> on uh, what it that, was. That's what I was about to say. This game does not have any English language support, so I'll just move on to another one. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now. Here, I'll have my anime booby game, because I haven't had one in a while. Even though... Is it Hentai Betty? No. That's another one I just got that looks terrible, so I'm moving on. No, this one actually looks halfway decent, but, yo, uh, Sabbath of the Witch. Uh, visual novel, it does feature nudity. Um, I can't really talk too much about this because I don't know the story of it and, yeah, haven't played it, but it is a $30 visual novel. And uh, who is making this? Uh, Nico Nan uh, Limited is the publisher, which is one of the larger uh, visual novel groups. So, yeah, they they are starting to put their uh, stuff out, so... Uh, let's see... Ha- ha- he- Let's see, Hushri has a secret. He has a mysterious power that allows him to perceive the emotions of others. Jared, did you know you had a secret? Apparently, I... Apparently. However, 
Apparently I do. He is soon to find out that he is not the only one who has something special, and he doesn't want others to find out about as Asia Nani, a classmate, likewise, has a secret. Ooh, right? I mean, I mean, it's a visual novel, so it's going to be a little bit camp, but it, you know, it doesn't look like it's full on just tits, you know? It looks like it has an actual story. It has some nice artwork. Granted, there are tits, but still, it, it looks cute, you know? Yeah. And, of uh, course, it doesn't, okay. the tags aren't helpful, so I don't know, you know, if it gets dark, because sometimes they do. Oh, I just got snow days because I got, uh, been hitting visual novels. I got another visual novel. The Ditsy Demons Are in Love With Me? I don't know if I want to put this on the list or not, but I like the name. Let's see. This actually looks more like a cutesy visual novel. It's just got some some dating elements in it. Oh, there's a lot of chibi in here. Chibi's, I, I like chibi. Chibi's well, cute. Okay, I'll That's throw, I'll throw this chibi game I have. The Ditsy Demons Are in Love With Me. This looks cute. I got, and it's like a, a full-priced game too. So apparently they're hoping to be taken seriously, or they greatly overvalue themselves. Hey, maybe maybe Perhaps it's a side, maybe it's well. a side development uh, group from Bethesda. Uh, so I, wah, wah. so I have t- uh, Toshiro Ginsu Wanderer Reloaded. A- they say it's a rogue-like. RPG that's easy for beginners to pick up and play, but with tons of advanced options for pros. Explore dungeons with your Tetsuru favorite character, so I'm assuming this is an overall franchise. Uh, collect loot and battle over the golden and it cuts off. <laughs> or maybe it's just the golden. The golden cutoff. Yeah, it cuts off there, doesn't it? Over the golden? Yeah. But, yeah, it looks interesting. It's just a question of if it's any good. Uh, the uh, the top uh, comment on the, or the top uh, review says, if you have any love for Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, then this game is for you. So that gives you an idea of what to expect here. So, yeah, there you go. Um, there we go. And that's my list. So I got... Did I get four? Yeah, I got four. Uh, I'm on my last one, loading up. And two of them look very interesting. One of them is just anime booby bullshit. And the other one I'm not sure on, but it was cute enough that it won me. And over. that one's shit, so I'm done with my cue. And I went ahead and started my next one for next week, and I got a good one immediately off the bat for next week. Assuming it doesn't change. Huh. Of course it <laughs> What? You always do. Oh, that's my fault, though, for having at one point gone through and done a discovery queue for literally every game on Steam. So, hey, I got, I got, a, that I I got a good assortment. I mean, I got essentially uh, anime uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, which I realize I'm repeating myself when I say Pokemon Mystery uh, Anime <laughs> Mystery Dungeon. Uh, anime booby game that actually looks decent. Uh, Party Hard 2, which is okay-ish. Yeah, I think I got a, I think I got the better queue this time. So, um, speaking of Pokemon, before we move on to the part where I go first, I, uh, there have been a lot of Pokemon toys in Happy Meals, so my kid is being introduced to oh, no. Pokemon, <laughs> and I have been telling him that it's pronounced Pokemans, so now he's like, oh, look, Daddy, I got another Pokemon, 
I'm like, that's right. You did. Uh, ah. Now, the question is, um, who are you uh, going to send them for therapy on this? I don't know. I don't know. But it's this is fun. I'm having because, fun because you you know this is going to cause trust issues later. And he said it right too. Like he was saying it right. Like someone told him it was Pokemon, so he was saying Pokemon. And I was like, Nah, it's Pokemon. I was, yeah, it's Pokemon and Pokemans. And he was like, Okay, Daddy, because you know he's a little kid, and little kids trust their parents explicitly. Uh, also, you're trusting. So, uh, him, uh, so you're uh, uh, teaching him early not to trust you. Got it. Good life I'm, lesson. I'm yeah. I'm abusing that trust. It's great. Are you sure you're not Republican? Anyways. You know, cashing him uh, for a short term game uh, for a long term loss. Oh. <laughs> and now you made me feel sad. Uh, don't worry. I'll show uh, banter. I'll uh, uh, resolve that. Oh wait, I'll probably make you sadder. You've been watching. Anyway, things. speaking of the part of the podcast where I go first. Uh, speaking of that, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Uh, if you want to find me on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist. You can find the YouTube version of the podcast. If for some reason you need to do that there, you can find our Spin Tires videos as well as whenever I occasionally get a, a wild hair to do something else and put it up there. That is Gaming Psychologist on the YouTubes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where I'm much more active on pretty much a daily basis, you can do so by following me at JMA4707. If you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending a friend request to jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests and enjoy talking to people on there greatly. And if you're alone, know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is you dense motherfucker. <laughs> you dense motherfucker. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't pass it up this week because damn right. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is, that could apply to several uh, of our stories, right? Yes, indeed. Oh, uh, but yeah, for my stuff, uh, you can find me on the Ube of Tubes, uh, gaming with caffeine rage, where I'm still running of two of the, my three uh, planned series. I still need to get off my ass and do the third one, but you know. Hmm. I'll get it eventually, right? I'm you're rubbing off on me. I'm procrastinating too much. There you go. I'm making you grumpy, uh, and you're making me lazy. Er. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do have RimWorld and Spin Tires Bloodrunner still going. So yeah, I still have uh, I still have the content. Uh, Sunday Sampler still stalled out because Keymailer is being a bunch of dipshits. Uh, they're essentially about four or five months behind on uh. Uh, accrediting account so i'm not holding my breath till you know uh, to get reaccredited till after new year's so yeah that's a thing all right yep and since i'm not getting fresh keys i could do the backlog of the sunday sampler but since they're all very small indie titles you know it's kind of you know this is the point you know i missed the you know, the chance to do them for the most part so yeah i'll do them occasionally but yeah uh, but if you wish to catch, you know, the replacement for the Sunday Sampler is me streaming occasionally. You can find me over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash caffeine underscore rage. I don't have a set schedule yet. It seems like every time I plan on like doing uh, just Sundays, someone uh, has to have a catch up day and do a Sunday recording. 
<laughs> right? Indeed. Indeed. It's, it's one of us. One of us. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have a set schedule, but if you was to know a few or yeah, a couple hours beforehand, you can also go over to Gaming with CR on the Twitter, and I will tweet out, you know, an hour or two before I'm planning on uh, streaming, and also when I'm actually streaming, if you're don't wish to follow me on the Twitch. And that is all my stuff, and also all our links are on the podcast page, which is uh, vglpodcast.podbean.com which hosts the RSS feed or, uh, or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play uh, Stitcher and our Podbean is graciously supported by our patrons it, you can find out more at patreon.com slash vglpodcast and once again if you wish to contact us vglpodcast at gmod.com or VGL podcast on the Twitter. So you can send us voicemails, uh, regular text letters, game related topics, questions, uh, poking fun at Bethesda. That's a big plus, by the way, this week. <laughs> right? Or, yep. Or something about those Pokemans. Or just memes in general. Because boy, Discord went meme for a while, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, links to our Discord is also on the uh, Podbean site as well if you wish to join the absolute insanity in there our intro and outro music is on the ground by kevin mcloy and in our discovery cube music doobly do is by the same artist you can find his work at incomputate.com and as always as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice well bye now see you next time with all them pokemans bye bye pokemon 